BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. You know, the 2019 Parents as Teachers International Conference kicks off in the Gateway City on Monday. About 1,300 early childhood development professionals will be in town. And get this, the event is sold out. One of the workshops will focus on childhood trauma and toxic stress. Joining me now, Constance Gully. She is president and CEO of Parents as Teachers. And Dr. Kenneth Haller. He is a pediatrician at SSM Health, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, and a professor of pediatrics at St. Louis University School of Medicine. Thank you both so much for being here. I appreciate it. Ms. Gully, let's start the conversation <clears throat> with the history. What's the backstory on Parents as Teachers? How did the organization come about? Uh, well, Parents as Teachers started uh, because of a vision from uh, our founder uh, more than 35 years ago, uh, Mildred Winter, who was an early childhood professional and director in the Ferguson Florissant School District. And she realized that uh, children were coming to school unprepared and not ready to learn. And she thought that the answer uh, was parents and the answer was in the home and starting early. Uh, she connected at some point with a neuroscientist and understood more about brain development and early brain development. And a pilot study was launched in Missouri in four school districts with about 380 first-time parents, uh, some on the east side of the state and others on the west end on the Kansas City. Ferguson Florissant was one of the local school districts that was a part of the initial pilot. Uh, from that study, uh, the results uh, in uh, drove her to lobby and do some work in the state with the then commissioner of uh, education, uh, Dr. Arthur Mallory, and uh, Governor Kit Bond at the time. And the last piece, I, I believe at the 11th hour of the second term uh, of the last day of Kit Bond's administration, uh, legislation was passed to launch parents as teachers in every school district in the state of Missouri. Uh, Kit Bond uh, often says that when uh, you, you buy a car, you get a manual. When you have a baby, uh, they check you out of the hospital and hey, yes, wishes. Yes. <laughs> so, so tell me the mission of the organization. Uh, the mission is to, um, uh, our mission is to promote the early development, health, and learning of young children by supporting and engaging their parents and caregivers. So we work with parents uh, from prenatal through uh, kindergarten to help them support and engage in their child's early development, health, and learning. Okay. So, Dr. Harlow, just give us a sense of what do you see at a very young age with children in terms of how their brains are developing? Well, children are <laughs> amazing creatures, and they're like they're almost like self-programming computers, you know, because we think of computers all the time. And they are, they're taking data, they're taking information, they process it, they're taking in language, they're taking in actions. And regarding what we're, we're talking about here, what they take in, they take in largely from their parents. And so one of the things that I'm really glad that Parents as Teachers is addressing is the idea of toxic stress. 
So many parents in our community are so stressed, are pulled in so many directions, working three jobs, trying to keep a roof over their head, get enough food for the family, that they just don't have enough room, bandwidth of their own, to be emotionally available for their children. And their children can really suffer because of that, because they're not getting the stimulation they need, the love. We are uh, actually, uh, humans are what are called an altricial species, which means that it is evolutionarily expected that an older, uh, an, an older being will take care of the younger being and nurture them and hold them and things like that. And if these parents are being pulled in so many directions, they just don't have the ability to do that. And Parents as Teachers is an organization that can help parents realize how important it is even to just do the smallest thing, telling your children they're loved, holding them, cherishing them, reading them a book. These are the sorts of things that, that every parent needs to do. Define toxic traits and then tell me what are the symptoms that a parent may exhibit and even children. Sure, sure. Well, toxic stress is uh, sometimes called the largest intergenerational uh, um, transmitter of, of pathology. So what happens is when a child is in a situation where they're not getting the kind of nurturing that you would expect, uh, the mother, the father, whoever, just is not emotionally available because they're too exhausted, what happens is that child will turn on other systems, other genes that are there for survival, that are there under, that normally only come on during stress. Now, stress is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you've got to get your homework done, that's stress. If you've got to go on TV, that's stress. <laughs> These are the, but those are good stress, those are positive stress, because they, and, and there's an end point, and we know that we are valued. If a child is in a situation where they don't know they're valued because there's no one there to tell them that, then the stress reaction just uh, rolls on and on and on. And then what happens is that can lead to lifelong problems, not just psychological, but even physical, things like asthma, allergies, eczema, obesity, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, even cancer. Because the, the, the uh, immune system, this, the system that, that mitigates stress, it's all out of whack. And so sometimes it's attacking the body and that causes things like allergies and asthma and eczema. And sometimes it's not there. It's just, it's just overwhelmed. And so kids get infections and they have all of these other problems. And these can be lifelong problems. So addressing toxic stress very early in life is just really key to making sure the kids are healthy their entire life. It's really interesting. I didn't realize stress could cause all of those prob right. problems. That's a wide range of issues yeah, yeah. that are attributed to stress. I didn't mm -hmm. realize that. Ms. Gully, just fill me in then and tell me, how does your organization work with families to alleviate the stress? What types of programs and resources are available? Well, uh, our model itself has four components. So we have the personal or the home visits where we go into a family's home and work directly with the parent. Uh, we also do group socializations to help families connect uh, with one another and uh, have a social network. We have, uh, we do health and developmental screening. So uh, one important thing is that we're available to support identifying delays and other challenges early. And then we also help families connect to uh, resources in the community. So if a family has uh, housing insecurity, food insecurity, or needs some support with advancing their education, we help families uh, set goals. So. Uh, we work with parents to support their child's development, but the overall goal of the work that we do is improve family well-being. Mm -hmm. And so you were saying that you actually have in-home visits? Yes. How does that work? Because I think that's really interesting. I think that's, mm -hmm. a, that's an important element. 
So uh, when we work with uh, a family in the home, we focus on, on uh, three important components, uh, parent-child inter interaction, uh, development of the child, as well as interactive development, and as well as overall family well-being. So we may be helping a, a parent, uh, one, know and identify what the developmental milestones are, uh, what to expect from their child at, the, at a given time, uh, but then also give them tools and resources that they have in their home. Uh, for instance, uh, picking up frozen peas on the floor to develop fine motor skills uh, is an example. For me, I'm an accountant. When I had parents as teachers, that was one of the exercises that my parent educator did in the home with me and my son. I knew nothing about fine motor, fine motor skills or how to develop them. So it also helps, uh, we affirm uh, the parent as their child's first and most influential teacher. Many times parents don't know uh, how important uh, reading, talking, and singing uh, to their child uh, can be and how those simple things help um, that rapid brain growth that occurs in the first three years of life. 80% of rapid brain growth happens uh, before a child reaches the age of three. So some of those uh, neurons that are connecting very early on, that is the best opportunity to build the strongest brain development. So when a parent understands that they can play a role uh, in their child's development and every parent wants what's best for their child and is more equipped often than they realize to bring them the best that they have. And, and you touched on something I think that's very important. When you get a new vehicle, you get a driver's manual or some type of manual to tell you how to operate that vehicle mm -hmm. and what it can and can't do. Mm -hmm. But when you have a child, you get nothing. You are pretty much yes. on your own with the exception of a su support system if you are fortunate enough to have one. So tell me in terms of educating parents that are in the program about how to be parents. What, you d what do you do in that regard? For example, making sure babies are fed. Making, making sure babies are, are given baths and, and are clean and, and you don't shake babies. I mean, yeah. what kinds of advice and guidance do they get in those regards? So we have a, uh, a research-informed and research-based curriculum that we follow that touches on a, a multitude of issues. So when we talk about uh, violence in the home, we have a safety checklist that looks at the safety items in a home for a family mm -hmm. and ask simple questions like, do you have a gun in the home? Is it locked up? Um, how do you manage it? Are you trained? What do you do with a gun in front of your child? Because children are often um, sponges and they emulate everything that they see and we want them to em emulate positive behaviors. Uh, we talk about nutrition in the home. Uh, breastfeeding, how to access uh, healthy foods and how to move and be active. So there are a multitude of uh, issues that are addressed and uh, talked to parents about, but the big focus is what are the values of the family? What are their goals? So it's a strengths-based approach and we work from the perspective of where the family wants to go and at what pace. Yeah. Dr. Holler, Ms. Gully just touched on another issue that I think is really important, is critical in the community, especially now this summer we've seen so mm -hmm. many children who have lost their lives to gun violence, yeah. and it is just heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So how does such a loss impact family? I mean, the parents are still here, the child may have had siblings, mm -hmm. that's pretty traumatic. Right, right, I, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's pretty obvious that that is gonna, gonna be a lifelong scar that everyone is going to carry with them. 
Um, I mean, I, I think back to the things that were a big deal when I was a kid, and the, uh, but I never went through something like this. And so when a family goes through something like this, they're going to uh, run across levels of stress that might be unimaginable for, for many of us, <clears throat> certainly un unimaginable for me in my, my personal life. The most important thing we can do is to, uh, is to get uh, the family the therapy they need, to get them the help they need, and for, for parents to look at signs of depression both in their child and in themselves. The thing is, if, if any one of the family is having a hard time getting out of bed and going to school or going to work, is just, you know, is not eating because they are, are, just don't feel there's any point to it. Those are cries for help, and those are the kind of things where, where at, uh, you know, where I work at Cardinal Glennon at Donnie Pediatrics, uh, we, we screen for those sorts of things all the time, but certainly when this sort of tragedy has happened, that's the kind of thing we'd, we'd really be on the lookout for and proactively try to get families the, the resources they need to work through this. Not to forget it, you never get past it, but to be able to live with this loss. What's involved in the screening process? <clears throat> well, for, um, for young moms, uh, for, or parents rather, I should say, uh, under six months of age, we have what's called the uh, Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Screen. And what that does is it's 10 questions, and we ask, you know, how are you feeling um, uh, in terms of things like, uh, uh, do you feel that you're able to find the light side of things in life as much as always? Uh, do you feel that things are getting you down? And that's marked, you know, zero to three. And so the maximum is, is, is uh, my math's right, 30 on that. And generally, if someone's getting over about, you know, eight or nine or 10, that's where we would have someone who could, uh, that we would ha refer them to so they could talk to about this. All right, I think One, that's a good point. I like that screening process. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. a little bit more about that in a moment, but first okay. we've got to take a break. Great. Straight ahead on the pulse, this. My favorite part of the program is being able to connect, take classes, to be able to learn more than I probably would have without it. Coming up on the Pulse of St. Louis, we'll learn more about the resources designed to help moms and dads thrive. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for the Pulse of St. Louis. My goals were to, one, get out of a shelter and get into a house. I did that. Um, to get a car. I did that. Uh, three, have um, stability and a home that my kids can call their own. I did that. Um, I come from a drug-addicted family. Um, my mother is a meth and a heroin addict. Um, my father was very abusive um, and kicked me out at age 11. Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. You were listening to a mom involved with the Parents as Teachers organization. And you know what? Parents as Teachers are celebrating 35 years of investing in families and communities, helping them thrive. And Ms. Gully, I have to tell you, when I saw the interview with that young lady, it really touched me. Mm -hmm. And I also felt so proud of her because mm -hmm. she said, you know what? I said I was going to get out of a shelter and into a home. I did it. I was going to get a car. I did it. I was going to build stability for my children. I did it. Are those the kinds of things that you empower moms and dads with in the, in the program? Well, absolutely, and, and oftentimes, in, in most cases, parents already have the power, uh, and we just help them tap into the power that they already have, help them set goals and, and take a step back and, and make decisions and, and think about what they want for their family and for their child and how to engage in the resources that are in the community as well as 
the resources that they have in their home to reach those goals. And then how do you do that? Because it almost seems, I think at some part of the interview, this mom was talking about a journal and a checklist and she yes. goes out. <laughs> so tell me about that. I thought that was really interesting. So goal setting is, 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 is literally just a component of the work that we do with families every day. So uh, whether they're setting goals around development-centered parenting, uh, this is what uh, your child is doing uh, as far as parent-child interaction on this visit. When they return, uh, they give them an opportunity to reflect on what has happened since the last visit. But what we say our secret sauce is at Parents as Teachers is we partner, facilitate, and reflect with families. And that is the, the cycle of the work that we do with families. So they're constantly uh, partnering with their parent educator, uh, they're facilitating activities during the visit, in between visits, and then they're often reflecting on uh, the next steps. Where am I now and where am I trying to get to? And sometimes taking things uh, that are these big goals but helping them put them into bite-sized uh, efforts and opportunities to reach those goals. Now, mm -hmm. does the organization also offer opportunities for the moms and dads, if they choose, to go back to school, get degrees, and that yes. kind of thing? So the parents as teachers model works with the entire family. So it's not just for moms. We work with moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anyone that has an opportunity to engage in a child's development can participate in the parents as teachers visit. They can come to a group connection. Uh, we serve families in the Normby Schools Collaborative Footprint, and they have uh, fatherhood-only group connections. I think the biggest one we've had is uh, one where 82 dads showed up uh, for one group connection. So there is power in the entire network that supports a child. So uh, parents as teachers values uh, that network. So uh, fathers are an important component mm -hmm. uh, in a child's development. We recognize that and we include that in the work of our model. Absolutely. And Dr. Harlan, one thing that that mom says, she goes, she wanted to make sure her children had a stable environment. Mm -hmm. She obviously understands how important that is. But speak to that and why is it so important for children to have a stable environment? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a basic human need to know that there, this is a place where I will be not just fed and kept warm, but I will be loved. And I think that this is why the model of parents as, as teachers is so great, because it, uh, it, it really tells parents, on some level you have everything you need. What your child needs to see is your face. What your child needs to hear is your voice. What a child needs to feel is your arms around them. This is the sort of thing that, that, that we need as human beings, and, and, uh, uh, and, and that's something I emphasize in my office, too. Um, and it is. And a sign of toxic stress for me is when a parent, I will say to a parent sometimes, you're the most important person in your child's life. And they'll say, no, I'm not. And I'll say, who is more important than you? You take care of your child. You provide a home for them. You love them. What you say to this child now is going to make, is going to make this child the person they're going to be the rest of their life. And that's when it finally starts to sink in. They need to hear it from their pediatrician. They need to hear it from parents as teachers. They need to hear it from everyone around them. Parents, unfortunately, so often have been beaten down so much and told so many times, you're worthless, you're not going to make it. And that's why it's so important for those of us who, who have the privilege of working with parents to tell them, you have the power to do this. All your child needs is you. Oh, wow, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Ms. Cohen, you, you're nodding your head yeah. and you're smiling. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Yeah. And, I mean, you just hit the nail right on the head. All we need is you. And then you give them those tools. Yeah. 
You Absolutely. give them those tools. Every, every parent wants what's best for their child, regardless of what their zip code is. And every parent has value to bring uh, to their child's life and their development. So. Tell me, what made parents as teachers decide to address this issue of toxic stress at the international conference? Well, uh, when we had our most recent conference in St. Louis back in 2016, uh, that's when we started um, a more deepened approach and, and, and focus on uh, trauma and toxic stress. And we had uh, a series of sessions, uh, some off-site from the conference in Ferguson. That was shortly after uh, the Michael Brown um, incident. Uh, in, in Ferguson and we thought that it was important to lift up and consider the impact of that particular incident and others like it uh, on children uh, and families in the communities where these these uh, situations occur. So since that time at every conference we've had a series of, of workshops and sessions uh, that talk about engaging and supporting families that um, from a trauma-informed perspective uh, and that are experiencing uh, significant amounts of toxic stress, uh, as well as looking at the professionals to support them uh, from a self-care perspective. So we have 80 plus workshops at our conference, uh, some mini plenary sessions, one important one um, that focuses on maternal child health, uh, another mini plenary that also focuses on the census. And uh, from an advocacy perspective, uh, millions of children under the age of six go uncounted uh, in the census. So we're really trying to leverage our conference and our programs ac across the country to support efforts in the communities that they serve to ensure that every child is counted. So the resources that communities get uh, from the federal uh, government to support uh, young children uh, and families are as high as possible. Who is eligible to participate in, in um, classes, courses, resources offered through Parents as Teachers? Well, in, in Missouri, uh, Parents as Teachers has some uh, semblance of a program in every school district. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the programs look different in every school district because they are, the resources that they receive are significantly lower uh, than they were before 2010. So uh, many of the programs uh, in Missouri aren't necessarily delivering the evidence-based model that is parents as teachers, so the programs look different. When you go outside of the state of Missouri, uh, if it's a parents as teachers program, they can only use the name if they're delivering the evidence-based model. So one of the things that we're encouraging in Missouri is for more programs to move toward uh, the PAT model implementation, uh, especially in uh, targeting families that have uh, more stressors uh, than others. So families specifically that have two or more stressors, uh, being able to give them the deepened approach of at least two visits uh, per month uh, and the group connections and the full model uh, that is parents as teachers that we have uh, a, significant, a significant amount of research that says it reduces child abuse and neglect. Uh, it improves uh, several education outcomes, improves attendance in schools, improves the parent engagement in the school system because they've learned the importance of engaging in their child's development from an early age when their children move on beyond 
uh, kindergarten. They are the biggest advocates for their child in the school system. Uh, also making sure families have a medical home uh, and have uh, uh, immunizations, uh, well, well child visits, parent well visits, uh, identifying uh, depression. So the model itself uh, has proven outcomes. So I think that is why uh, parents as teachers is the most highly replicated uh, evidence-based early home visiting model in the nation. We're reaching families in uh, 50 states, uh, six countries outside of the U.S., and 115 tribal communities. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, got to take a break. Hold that thought, Dr. Hall. I'll let you have the floor okay. when we come back. Got to take a break. Stay with us back in a moment. In the beginning, I was not planning on keeping her because I didn't think I could do it. So we had an adoption plan. Then at the last minute, I ended up changing my mind and keeping her. This program helped me know that I'm going to be a good parent to my child. Welcome back, Dr. Harlow. You were about to make a point before we went to break. You have the floor now, sir. Right. The, I, I just want to just give a ringing endorsement to parents as teachers. We are very blessed that St. Louis is the headquarters of it, and it's, this is where it was founded. This international organization was founded here, and it has done so much good. And as a physician who has seen so many kids and families who are, are clients of this organization, it is just amazing. Thank you so much, and I totally agree. And thank you both for being here. Thank we appreciate you. appreciate you. And thank you for joining us this week for the Pulse of St. Louis. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. And remember, for News 24-7, download the free Fox 2 and News 11 apps. I will see you next time. Have a great week.